Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Support your team. Get to the game. It's Rugby Supercharged. Yes, hello and good morning. Uh, in fact, Burke is not here. Burke is somewhere in Canada. Why would as he you, be in Canada? As you do, Tony, yeah. He's two weeks in Canada. Uh, he, he also took my voice with him, uh, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to my mother. Uh, have you done the job yet, boys? Because uh, Greg Martin joins us uh, instead of Burke. Marta, welcome. Hi, Tony. Uh, I tried to ring my mum. I don't know where she is. So <laughs> She's probably still out. <laughs> is she in big nine? <laughs> What's your mum's name, Marta? Uh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Hey, I don't think she'd be a ruck listener somehow. <laughs> really? I don't even Cheryl. Okay, uh, I'd love. I think we should call Cheryl on air and see if we can find her at some point oh, during the day. Uh, where, where would Cheryl? Would she? Is she a stay out? A, a dirty stop out? No, mate. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to start anything here. I'll ring Dad and clear it first. Would you? <laughs> that would be good. Uh, Timmy, nice to speak to you again. Uh, you've got Marto in the studio with you, the Access of Evil in Brisbane. Uh, so, which is lovely. Can you give us some scores before we get underway here, buddy? Thanks, mate. Yeah, well, first of all, happy Mother's Day to my mum up yep. on the range in Toowoomba. Not that Helen. she'll be listening in, Helen. She's up there. Actually, you know, for your own kids, you've got to take something home for, for their mum as well, oh, for your yeah, wife. That's and right, that's true. So I haven't done something there yet. So yeah. I think the Seven Eleven petrol station, there'll be some flowers in the bucket there. They'll have to pick up on the way home. Hold on. I got, a text at 10 to, I got a text at 10 to 1 this morning from my daughter. I know it's late, Dad, but I need you to get a Prezi for mum from Duty Free. I was in Melbourne. She thinks there's <laughs> Duty Free there. Please get something nice. Oh, dear. Super rugby scores, Tony F., but um, the Blues, 25, beat the Lions, 3. And the Bulls just got over the Waratahs, a late try on the 80th minute, 27-24. Yep. The Hurricanes upset the Highlanders, 26-20. Mm-hmm. The Rebels, probably the upset Look of the season so far, oh, 28, yeah. beat the Crusaders, 19. Can I just and stop the- you right there, Timmy, because that is exciting. Not only so exciting, I think we should just have a little listen to the try that was scored to win that game right here, right now, to get us up and going while you're talking scores. Oh, oh intercept from Mortlock. Wow. 35 years of age, Sterling Warlock. He went up and down in the one spot for about 20 metres. He almost got caught, and then he uh, got a pop pass. That was amazing. He had it in reverse, poor old Sterling. Yeah, but, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, great result from the Rebels. And uh, the Sharks belted the Western Force 53-11 to 11 overnight. And also the Stormers, they continue, just held on just to beat the Cheetahs 16-14. Obviously the Reds, which we'll chat about later today, play the Chiefs here at Suncorp Stadium at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, there's so much on the show today. Of course, this, with this voice, it reminds me, and those people, who are over, I don't know, 40 uh, in our listeners. The Brady Bunch. Peter Brady, when he had to record the song, went a little bit like this. When it's time to change, then it's time to change. <laughs> that is me. This is The Ruck. Adam Fry joins us next. This is The Ruck. In excess with Barnsley, good times. Segway Sam says that's exactly what would have been happening at Amy Stadium in Melbourne after the Rebels beat the Crusaders 28-19. We are joined by Adam Fryer, a friend of the show. Mate, celebrations, were they long and hard? It sounds like we celebrated just as hard as you last night. You have a big white, mate. No, look, I, I'm crook, but because I'm dedicated to the show, Adam, I, I've turned up uh, and I left my voice somewhere else. It's good. Yeah, is, is, is it vaguely, of, vaguely sexy? Bottom of the bar. <laughs> hey, hey, Adam. Uh, yeah, sorry. 
Adam, it's Marto here. Like 18,000 crowd, which was superb to start with, but what a performance that you've been waiting two years for. How? What was the vibe and what did everyone have to say after the game? Because last week you said, righto, that's the line in the sand, and this year, this week you actually made sure it wasn't just words. Well, that's, that's the problem I find in rugby at the moment. There are a lot of words and cliches that disguise what a team is actually trying to do. And look, I'm not going to say it was never in doubt last night because I'd be, uh, I'd be lying, but look, this Rebel side, we have been on the cusp of, of a good win probably three or four times. The Reds, we could have knocked over the Reds there in Queensland, which could have been significant. And then we had the Bulls last week. When we played the Bulls last week in the change room, we all sort of said that to each other. We can't keep accepting you know, two uh, bonus points and feeling as though we've achieved something but still losing. So we prepared this week and we treated it like a te- test match. And it certainly was with the amount of All Blacks that had that size. And the, the feeling after the, the, the game, it was a weird one because we came in dribs and drabs because we did, we stayed out with that 18,400 fans and, and made sure we, we thanked them, especially the Rebel Army. But yeah. it was a really weird feeling. It was this feeling of, uh, I wouldn't say pride, but I was proud of the performance and the coaching staff. Everyone was sort of, there was a lot of love in the air, put it that way. It was, it was a great win, but we know it means nothing if we don't go to Perth and do the same thing. So we're on the right track, but we've got to make sure that we keep going. Hey Adam, Tim here. What about when Sterling Mortlock got that intercept uh, towards the end of the game? <laughs> Did you think, like ten years ago, shut the gate? But he uh, he ran about five metres and they caught him. Oh, you've got to love Sterling. I started <laughs> trending on Twitter. Uh, get him off, get him off the tram, get him off the treadmill. He, uh, you don't, and again, you don't realise where he's come from. Like I, I know, having back surgery myself, he's come from back surgery. And this year, a lot of people were writing him off because he couldn't come back from that calf tear. And he persisted. He's one of the most professional people, not just athletes, people that I've ever met. He, uh, he's got a job that he works at uh, and, he, and he ensures that his rugby's always at the highest level. But to see Sterling cross that line, gee, it was great. And, uh, and Cooper Werner, he handed him that ball. He had a super game as well. So all these players that have shown glimpses of brilliance throughout the year all stood up last night. It's very hard to give them a 3-2-1. Geez, it was, it's hopeful, the fact that you got James O'Connor standing there in his suit on the sideline to come back in. But how, uh, how significant is it that the two best performances of your year for the Rebels has been since you gave Cipriani the heave-ho and uh, Kirtley Beale in at 10? Oh, it's, I don't think it's so much about getting, uh, giving Danny the heave-ho. I think having Kirtley as our quarterback and our playmaker, I think that really makes a difference because he takes it to the line. And he can also take the bump. He can he can get in there and almost run like a, a rugby league front row forward. He is just simply outstanding for us this yeah. year, KB. And, and James O'Connor, he, he will definitely provide us with something. But I don't want to be a side that has to rely on and talk about injuries and, and, and say, you know, when this player comes back, we'll be a better side. I think the side that we've got and the performance we had last night was just simply brilliant. But looking at... Uh, you know, looking at James on the on the sideline there and sitting next to him, just going, it, it is only going to get better. But by no means were we using an excuse that uh, James was out for our performances. Of and, um, how, how long until James O'Connor is back? Is uh, because the Test matches aren't too far away for Scotland and Wales. So is he a chance to play a game before the Test matches start? No, I was speaking to him last night in the, in the dressing sheds. He thinks he is a chance because he's going to get a scan this week on his liver, uh, and he's hopeful of being back for those. Uh, test matches and the things with Rabs, he, he is also a very passionate person he wants to play for Australia he obviously wants to get back to the Rebels after that performance but he is very passionate about playing for his country so uh, I've seen in his eyes last night he's not far away 
Adam, I was very interested to hear the description of the injury problems uh, for Dan Carter last night. Just have a listen to this. I was interested to hear Kieran Reid say on the rugby club this week um, that Dan Carter's groin isn't where it should be, which is an interesting comment in itself, but maybe not 100% fit just yet. I'm not sure where it should be if it isn't in the spot where it's supposed to be, Nick, but anyway... <laughs> a, a, a football player's groin not being not where it should be is uh, often in the headlines. I'm cause troubles. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Different code. <laughs> yes. Different I'm code. just worried if Marta gets a scan of his liver, what'll happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll take years to repair this. Uh, Adam, look, it's always great to talk to you, and it's always great to hear somebody who isn't happy just to sit back on that win. Clearly, you are looking ahead and uh, for the rest of the season for the Rebels. It's going to be a tr- tremendous uh, next few rounds for us. We're really going well, and uh, let's hope we can uh, continue our form. All right, mate. Well, thanks for joining us on well the show. Well done. Chat again thanks, soon. Lado. Thanks, guys. There he is, the great Adam Fryer, right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. That is Bush, the sound of winter, and this is the sound of The Ruck. And Tony Squires, Greg Martin, Tim Horan. Uh, Mardo is in, of course, for Berkey, who is in Canada. Uh, I arrived at the studio having left my voice behind. I apologise for that. Uh, I don't apologise for uh, the other two gentlemen, though, who are carrying the, draw- the show brilliantly. Well done, fellas. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of forgetting things, Timmy, uh, you had something you wanted to raise with Mardo, I understand. Yeah, I do, but um, I was just saying, the th- things you usually leave behind in your kit bag when you arrive at a game, but Marto, even the Crusaders last night, I mean, they, they didn't turn up. Well, it was an attitude. We try to pick up on those sort of things in the warm-up. Are they ready? They looked ready, but then you look across, and this is just talking about the Rebels, Tony, and yeah, yeah that was an enormous victory against the Crusaders, the greatest team in the history of Super Rugby. They had five All Blacks. They, they, they rotated a lot of their team. Five All Blacks on their bench last night. And uh, that's what they left off. They left their, a lot of their better players on the bench. The Rebels yeah. looked across that and went, oh, you've disrespected us. I reckon that was a part of the victory, really? was the attitude that uh, that gave them. The uh, the mm. Crusaders left all their guys on the bench and said, well, we don't rate you. Well, they left their attitude back in New Zealand. Yeah. But, um, but, Matt, I want to talk about things you leave behind on the, on the way to the game. But even in, in your line of work, um, when you've got the, uh, the truck and the, the, the building, you turn up at the building site, obviously sometimes you'd leave things behind. When your cat's got the hammer out the night before? No, no, no it's sun because I've got a son <laughs> fixing his bike or skateboards or whatever. We'll always remove tools. And there's nothing worse when you're halfway through something and you go... Hold on, that is always for the last twelve years or fifteen. That that is that has been there in that pocket of my nail bag, and you go, oh no, it's in the. He's taking it to fix the PlayStation. Or something. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. I used to leave the dog at work some nights <laughs> on the way home because you'd hop in the ute and you couldn't see the dog. And you're going, oh well, I'm going home. The dog's going to be sitting there the next day waiting for you, a little bit hungry and thirsty. Is it the classic well, dog, the uh, blue healer? No, border collie, mate. Oh. Nice. nice. Yeah, but I suppose in, the, in a rugby terms, a kit bag, you leave something behind. Usually it's your mouth guard. We used to have yeah, a manager manager who'd always bring a kettle in his kit bag because he yeah. knew that someone would leave their mouth guard behind. It had to be remoulded or a towel you'd leave <laughs> behind. But I remember, um, Marto, we got a good mate, Sam Scott Young. And Sammy, and Sammy for those who listen who, who can remember Sam Scott Young, 1992 at Ballymore, the All Blacks were performing the Harker and Sam Scott Young's walking forward to virtually eyeball Ollie Brown and uh, you know we're trying to pull him back the yeah. Wallabies as didn't we're that work well up. for you oh yeah yeah, yeah. stop annoying yeah. them <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Sammy Sammy was always pretty particular in what he took to the game he used to always take two pair of boots rugby boots just in case one split through the game but on this occasion I think he only took one pair of boots but it was against the Chiefs at Hamilton and it was a midweek game of a tour and he was so pumped up, Sam. He used to get so fired up before oh, the games. He was aggressive eating breakfast. Oh, <laughs> wasn't he? And, he? and he'd burst out of the dressing shed to, to warm up. And he didn't realise he'd been warming up for 10 minutes. 
and he had two left boots on. That's how pumped <laughs> up he was. And then he realised, he came back and said, oh, it doesn't feel right. So he took one boot off and had to run back to the hotel to get the other one. Oh, you're, t- you're talking mouth guards there. There was a kid in our team, our little under-13 team. We're going to go there and coach them straight after this. Two weeks ago, he didn't bring his mouth guard. He went the orange. You know, oh, remember? Oh, the, the orange. orange. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's a kid 12 years of age. Right? You, got two, you got two options. One's the quarter of orange. The other one is the, uh, the five cent, you know, the lolly, the teeth. Oh, the yeah. actual teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Hey, just back on the Rebels just for one second, boys. Did yeah. you put any money? They were paying $6. Is that correct? I said it on Fox Sports News after the game last night. We had the wrap-up. And yeah. uh, Tim and I, well, all of us mm. always talk about it. Anything, what, we anything, say over five fifty. Anything over five fifty, we always six. have something on. We're idiots if we don't. Right. And we did it. Well, last night, we flashed up before the game. They're paying $6.10. And we thought about it. went, oh, no, they can't beat the Crusaders. Uh, and that was it. Could have picked up. Yes, exactly. Paid for the Mother's Day flowers. Plenty ahead, <laughs> including what now for the Waratahs, right here on the Ruck. A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Marta, of course, uh, sitting in for Berkey, who is in Canada as we speak. We're going to give you some scores now. Timmy will do that. Before we do that, Hurricanes 26 over the Highlanders. That Julian Savia, uh, oh. how amazing is he? The try, the winning try. With those pink, well, those pink boots, I think they're salmon boots. They're very popular these days. Salmon. Just, you wouldn't argue with him anyway. You would not, <laughs> Timmy. Exa- exactly right. But how good is that that kid? Oh, it's fantastic. And uh, just to recap on the scores, uh, if you're in the car at the moment, driving along, you don't want to hear the scores, take your hand off the uh, steering wheel. wheel, put it over your ears, yep. or turn the music down. Mm-hmm. Um, get, get your Blues. kids to hold the steering wheel while you're driving. <laughs> Blues 25 beat the Lions through the Lions. are really struggling in this competition. Now the Bulls, 27 against the Tars, 24. <laughs> That's got a try in the 80th minute to beat the Tars, which we'll talk about in a minute. As you said, Tony, the, the Hurricanes, 26. Highlanders, 20. Rebels, 28. Upset the Crusaders, 19 down there in Melbourne. Uh, the Sharks, 53, thrashed the force, 11. Mm. The Stormers just hung on to beat the Cheetahs, 14. Marto, what about some club rugby results club in Club rugby, the, uh, the Rats, Warringah, 40, beat West Harbour, 19. Manly, 17, beat Penrith by 12. Randwick got done again, 25 to 18 by North. South, 26, beat Sydney Uni, yeah, 23. There's an upset for you. Yeah, and so Queensland Club Rugby was on yesterday. University, three in a row they've got. Uh, they beat South, 33-22. Brothers, oh, yeah. 36, beat North, 10. East, 46, beat the Sunny Coast, 20. And Western Bulldogs, 28, beat the Gold Coast, 20. And Jeeps, upset Sunnybank, 22-20. All right. Well, Joel Madden might have been at uh, uh, the stadium to watch the Waratahs. Among <laughs> 17,000 people, only 17,000 people, but they were beaten when we come back. What is the future of the Waratahs? This is the Ruck. Yes. Mothers, we hope you're having the time of your life. Happy Mother's Day on this uh, beautiful Sunday. This is the Ruck, and that, of course, was the time of your life. The Waratahs, I'm talking to two gentlemen in Queensland who are uh, massive Maroon fans uh, or Reds fans. Uh, boys, are you prepared to say this year that the Waratahs, given that they would have to win every game that's in front of them and they've got a South African trip, uh, they're already sent there, I think, in the plane as we speak. How is the season unfolding for you? Is it all over? Are you prepared to put your foot down right now, right here? Gone. Oh. They are completely gone, mate. Oh, of course <laughs> they are. They got and they got the Stormers and Cheetahs, and the Stormers are, are built. Oh, they're on fire. Irrepressible yeah. castle over there in Cape Town. Yep. Yeah, mate. They they are gone, and they need a massive clean out of players. They'll have to have a pretty big review, I'd say, at the end of the season, Tony, because you know, as Marta said, the Stormers, then the Cheetahs, yep. uh, both away. Then they come back to the Hurricanes as well. So. 
you, you know, I'd say they're pretty much gone now and they're playing for a bit more than pride because really the way that the conference table sits in Australia, uh, the Brumbies sit on top, the Reds just sitting there second, but uh, really, realistically, only one of those but, teams will get through. They'll go close to finishing below the Rebels on the table. Oh, as it stop sits it! Now. Mate, they're Stop two it. points above the Rebels right now. Half a game above the Rebels. So, mate, the, what I saw last night, and James O'Connor comes back into that Melbourne team. The, yeah, the well, Waratahs could be below but them. But also, Michael Farley, the new coach, Tony, as well. Like, where, where does he sit? It's, it's, yep. it's, there's still a bit to go in the season, and certainly they can they can pull things back. But you know, They don't understand the use of space. They don't use the full field, and they never mm. have. And, and they'll pretend occasionally they'll score a try and go, look at that. But yep. no, they, they don't have a great understanding of width. Is it that the the only that they get beaten at that post quite regularly? They're up and you think, oh, we've got it. And then the last minute, there's a try scored against them. What is that about their mindset? Why is that happening so regularly? Oh, I think that it's uh, they've got to start to back their ability. They're, they're a good young team, and, and I think they've got you know when you look at the side that they had out there on the weekend, like Adam Ashley Cooper, they had um, he he played awfully yeah, at twelve, <laughs> yeah. and then you got Rob Horn at thirteen, you got Beric Barnes at ten. Um, the, the Tamani brothers and poor old Lepetti Tamani right at the end of the game he plays came on the field was playing number 8 and picked the ball up at the back of the scrum and got taken across the goal line which then caused the Bulls then to have the feet of the scrum and they scored straight off the back of that so uh, inexperienced by a couple of those younger players. And we able to score tries. Without no. Drew Mitchell and uh, Lockie Turner, mm. that has really knocked them around. I know everyone will go, oh, they're only wingers. Mm. But uh, quite simply, that Pakalani's probably not good enough. Uh, yeah, Tom Kingston's mm. not good. Mm. Hal- not good enough. Mate, some of these guys probably shouldn't be playing super rugby. That's the bottom line. They need a clean-out. A clean-out replaced by who? I mean, it's not an easy equation, is it? We'll start having a look around. Well, I'm sure they are, mate. I'm sure they're onto it. It's not, uh, we wouldn't be the only people who are talking about it. They're on a daily basis thinking and talking about these mm. sort of things, but they don't have enough impact. All right, have we changed our opinion from last week? Is the second Australian team not going to get into the final series? Oh, I don't think they will. There's no chance now. Well, unless you'd have to... Tell you at 6 o'clock this Yeah, yeah <laughs> the Reds... I mean, the Reds have to... The Reds, Marto, probably can't afford to lose... Any more? Or maybe one more game, because... It's going to be a yeah. scramble. Yeah, the, yeah, the worst indictment, Tony, is there's four... Four out of the five New Zealand teams are higher yeah, than no. uh, all but the Brumbies on the ladder at the moment. So... That's just, our, we're, in, we're inconsistent at the moment. We've probably got, and you guys have probably spoken about this before, we've got one too many teams, but we'll grow into it. Australia will grow into it. It might take another four years. All right, there you go. <coughs> Waratahs fans, rejoice. The season is over. <laughs> T- tests are coming up in June. They'll be fun. <laughs> we'll get to that soon on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Jet, she's a genius. This is The Ruck. Uh, Greg Martin, Tim Hoare and Tony Squires with you. Berkey in, is in uh, Canada. As we speak, I was interested, boys, in the story during the week about uh, Stephen Larkham, the great uh, Stephen Larkham, Wallaby hero uh, at number 10 there. The idea that he may make a comeback for the Brumbies, his assistant coach, uh, the playmaker Christian Liliofano, uh, you know, he's out. So the idea of bringing him back, I love a comeback. And Marta, you played in well into your 50s and 60s. Uh, yeah. At 37, <laughs> do you think uh, it would have been too late for Steve Larkham? Well, it sounds like it's not going to happen, but yeah. the romance. For yes. any Queenslanders who remember Alfie Langer being dragged out of oh, origin yeah. retirement. So that, well, that he is came back from, He came back from the UK yes, playing rugby he, league over there. He was he? still running. Well, the fact was Stephen Larkin, what gave it up 18 months ago, gave rugby up, and he was being strapped together. Yeah. yeah. The problem is a lot of 5'8s played in dinner suits, never got touched. Stephen Larkin always had to mix it. He always went into the tackle, and at 37, a year and a half out of the game, it's too hard oh, for the poor boy. Yeah, he's, he, was, he finished his career looking like Bruce Reed. 
every part of his body was strapped up, just <laughs> hanging on together. But wonderful player, and as you said, Tony, assistant coach for the Brumbies, has done a, a great job down there with Jake White at uh, in Canberra. And but I, uh, you know, comebacks are strange. They're a hundred to one to be successful. You look at Ian Thorpe. Yes, he had a go, but he wasn't successful. And um, people remember Steve Larkin for you know magic moments throughout his career, and that that drop goal in the semi final. Uh, World Cup in '99 was special, and oh, that's that's what the kids and ha- have a great memory of him. You don't want him to come back and miss a tackle. Why or throw would he be hungry passing. though? Yeah. He, he's sore as all hell in his yeah. knee. He's got no knees. Why would he be hungry? Or, or do you give it to a young bloke and uh, gee, and they're desperate, haven't got no, you know they need money, they need success, they need fame. He's got all that. Why would he want to go and do it? And that's why the Australian Rebellion has the um, academy as well. So the Junior Academy, where sides can choose from. So that's where Sam, Sam Lane came from. Oh, from mate, the Reds, what, yeah. what are you talking about, Sam Lane, the youngster? who played for the Reds and did his knee in his second game. The curse of the number 10s is quite extraordinary this year in Australia, whether it's Quade Cooper, whether it's yep. Sam Lane, whether it's Ben Lucas. There's four here at Queensland have gone down. The Brumbies have lost their two main ones. It's mm. been a shocking toll. You talk about uh, him having no knees, Marto, those injuries, uh, having played. Are you? Do you kind of feel the rain coming a week before it arrives? Have you got those kinds of uh, injuries that have uh, followed you through? <laughs> we, could put, we could put the weatherman out of a yes. job, couldn't we, Marta? I don't like getting things low in the fridge anymore, let's put it that way. <laughs> no, a lot of squatting is out of the question. Well, Timmy's the same. Mate, mate, that's what happens. You, you forget that Stephen Larkin's 37 because you see him running on the water and uh, he looks all right, but yeah. geez, when, yeah, when you've got 120-kilogram oh. forward running at you, why would you need to at 37 years of age? You mentioned the name Quade Cooper. I understand he's going to very shortly uh, make an announcement about his future. How important, where do you see, have you heard any info, either of you, about what he's likely to decide? No, I haven't heard a thing, Tony. He won't um, say anything. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be with you at the Sabo on Fox, Tim. Yeah, yeah so we're going to have him at pre pre-game show this afternoon at 4 o'clock on Fox, just before the Reds game. So we're certainly going to quiz him about it. I don't think he'll probably tell us too much, but there's probably a couple of options there for him. I'm just interested to know why he's going to make a decision in the next sort of 24, 48 hours. That's what you read in the media. Yeah, did somebody drop the hammer and say we need to know? I don't not? know. I think maybe I'm wondering whether... Because Sonny Bill Williams is here this afternoon playing and uh-huh. they're managed by Coda Nasser, the same yep. same manager for both, maybe there's a dual announcement. I mean, it sounds like Sonny Bill Williams may be going to Japan for an offer of well, one hearing, half million bucks yes. a year. I'm hearing huge stories from out of Sydney that that's what the story is. They've given up on him down there, I think, and yeah. going, he's, go- he's gone. Because so. what, what's happened, it's an inflated market in Japan also, France, for the top two or three rugby players in each team. But anyone below that, you won't get that. So a Quade Cooper... Uh, I just hope he stays in Australia yeah, yeah, yeah. and plays his, plays his rugby because he's still got a lot to offer and he's a wonderful player and uh, he's, he's worked very hard off the field to get his knee right to get back probably in the next two or three weeks and um, you know he's someone who's um, cer- certainly matured off the field as well and puts a lot back into the game. So Australian rugby needs Quade Cooper to stay in Australia. Talking about Sonny Bill Williams, the money that's been talked about, there's no way you could possibly say no, no. to that kind of uh, enticement, why, could you? Why, why would you? Like, I know the words were out about uh, playing out of Bondi for the Roosters yeah. rugby NRL. They can't even match a no. quarter of what he can get in uh, in Japan, and that's their well, that's their worry. So oh, I'd be interested to see what uh, what title fights you'll have in Japan. <laughs> Oh, fighting Harada, is he still going around? Gee. Yeah. Sumo champion. Yes. <laughs> this is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck. That is Boom Crash Opera, Onion Skin. I actually did not realise the name of that song was Onion Skin until that piece of paper was just handed to me right there. Tony, can I just say, your voice is yeah. sounding very sexy this morning. Well, I think that is the go, isn't it? A little bit... Uh, <laughs> I haven't actually brought my voice with me. I do have a cold. Uh, it isn't a celebration. I wasn't out last night. I was tucked up in bed very, very early, uh, obviously preparing for Mother's Day. I've got a lot on today. Uh, but 
I decided I would come in, Timmy, because of... That's just, dedication, Yeah, Tony. dedication. Well a bit of loyalty to the listener, I think, is important. Unlike Berkey, who's just gone off to Canada for no apparent yeah, reason. Well, why is he going to Canada? Yeah, does he think there's still snow there or something? What? Does he want to ski? Does, or what's he doing over you, there? You know more about him than I do, obviously. And you're still bitter and twisted that he played one more test than you. Do you know yes. why he has, is in Canada? You, any idea? Is it with uh, work of some sort? You'd think he would have taken his mum over there, wouldn't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> The, the joy is, the joy is, we have uh, Marto Greg Martin, who is uh, with us again, a friend of the show. You were talking earlier about Sam Scott Young, uh, the fact that he played, uh, well, he had two left boots when he turned up one day, but he was also a fairly intense character pre-game. As somebody who just watches from the outside, it's lovely to hear those inside dressing room stories. In your Wallaby days, were there anybody else who matched that intensity in terms of their preparation? Marto, I don't see you as the kind of guy who would be punching walls just before you ran out for a test match. No, mate, I was fairly relaxed, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to say that. He was the worst of them. Can I just yeah. expand on Sam Scott Young? Please. To, uh, he, he's got a company here in Brisbane. They sell arms and legs and joints and stuff. With, uh, yeah, all right. Oh, prosthetics. In, it, in, the, uh, in the warehouse part, there's a boxing ring, a full-size boxing ring. Yeah. That he still today carries that aggression. And last year when we yeah. played that classic Wallabies against the classic All Blacks match, yeah. how was he in the dressing room? Remember, we all had to tell him to settle down because he wanted to go out there and kill them. We're going, mate, right. look at yeah. us. We're all 40s. It's, it's <laughs> Down. No one's going to get hit here. <laughs> it was eighteen thousand people. It was full of Ballymore, yeah. the uh, the classic Wallabies versus the classic All Blacks. And the great the great moment there was I was playing with David Campisi outside again. It was wonderful. Campo was forty nine, yeah. I think. And uh, I remember Caleb Ralph, who was playing for the All Blacks, had uh, had still playing club rugby here in Brisbane at the time. He played a game for the Reds. Yeah. And then he stepped around Campo and scored in the corner about five minutes to go. I looked at Campo. I said, "Mate, what are you doing, mate? mate you know." He said, "Have a look at me. I'm forty nine. I said, "Yeah, you used to miss tackles when you were twenty nine. <laughs> like that, you know. Like, but uh, yeah, Sammy was one of the ones who he was definitely certainly fired up. But uh, I suppose nowadays players uh, have different routines. They sit in the dressing shed with their iPods yeah, on and their headphones. Yeah. Whereas I suppose Marta, we used to be in the dressing shed with the ghetto blaster with a cassette rewinding yeah. it back to you shook me all night long. You, yeah, know? you like, didn't have any of that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, mate, we still had. Um, well, I, I'm old enough to have played with Stan Black. He was 37 when I was about 19. Yeah. But um, he actually smoked in the dressing room before the match. Really? He used to have one at half time too. <laughs> so. And actually, my, our belief was the only reason he was in the team is so Bob Templeton, our coach, could ba- could bum ciggies off. <laughs> Sensational. All right, so today let's get back into uh, what's happening this week. The Reds, we're playing the Chiefs. Talk us through it, boys. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a tough game for the Reds. A beautiful day here in Brisbane, so Mother's Day. They're expecting sort of over 30,000, 35,000 people at Suncorp today. Can, but can I Williams ask you, just, just on that front, on a sociological front, is yeah. it a good thing to take your mum to the footy or is that, a, that no, frowned upon? Oh, I think gift. you take it. Oh, yeah, I think you take it till half time till you've had a few more drinks and you send her home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Tell her to keep itself tidy so she can drive you home. Exactly. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. How many of you had, Mum? No, no, no. You're the designated driver. Uh, uh, certainly, it'll certainly be a tough one for the Reds. They're um, you know coming off their performance last week against the Crusaders where they are probably the better team on the day and they just missed out with a couple of penalties late. But, I mean, the Chiefs have been the form team along with the Stormers and the Bulls in this competition and, and away from home they've been sensational. I think, Marta, they've only lost, I think, one game, the Chiefs. Yeah, one the, game. The first they've, game of the year. They've had a run of ten in a row, yeah. ten wins in a row. So, mate, it's just their back line. Like, you know, they've got Brendan Leonard who's played test matches. They've got Cruden who was the young 5-8 for the All Blacks. Yep. Then they've got Sonny Bill. Then they've got Richard Kahui. That's four All Blacks. Then they've got Masanga who's the magic man on the wing. Mm. 
They they are in some incredible form at the moment. They've got hard-working forwards. They're, they're keeping it simple. They were tragic last year, got rid of the coach. They've now got Wayne Smith, who was the backs coach for the uh, All Blacks. He's the assistant coach, and he's cooking a lot of this up. And the, and the great thing about when um, Queensland teams play against New Zealand teams, you get a lot of um, expat Kiwis who yeah. will come out to the ground and get massive support. So it'll be a big crowd. It's a good opportunity for the Reds to, to no. try and get back on that winning formula. We just can't score enough points, the Reds. No. The problem is Ben Lucas, you know, at 5-8, doesn't take it as close to the line as someone like Quade Cooper and create opportunities. Digby Ioane starting to get back into the season he after is. a five-week layoff. That offers me some yeah, I mean, you, you mean Digby Ioane, you need um, Will Guinea to get across the advantage line and start sniping because against this team, sometimes against the Chiefs, um, because they throw the ball around, play with some width, it actually then draws you in to play a similar style of game. So let's hope that after 4 o'clock this afternoon, uh, the Reds can uh, get out of the blocks. Uh, will be sensational. Played at what is the best footy stadium, if not the, in the world, certainly in this country. A brilliant place to watch footy. Uh, that's on this afternoon. When we come back, Timmy, around the world in 60 seconds. Love it. On the Ruck. Can't wait. <laughs> this is The Ruck. Bernard Fanning, wish you well as we speak somewhere in Spain working on his next solo album. Uh, should be brilliant. The, uh, of course, Powderfinger lead singer Bernard Fanning. This is The Ruck. Right, Timmy Horan, are you ready? Yeah, give me something. Have you got, have you got any little opener for me? Can I have more than 31 and a half mate, seconds this time mate, for my the, Around the World in 60 well, Seconds? Mate, it wasn't fair last called, week, I heard it. Around <laughs> the World in 60 Seconds, uh, and that's exactly what will happen. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the microphone 80 Test Wallaby legend Tim Horan. Today, Tim will be presenting the third instalment of the segment that's changed the way the rugby community receives their news around the world in 60 seconds. As per normal, the timer started when I started talking, which leaves you with roughly 45 seconds left. (laughs) So, Tim, I don't want to take any more of your time up. So, mate, take it away. Oh, 36 and a half seconds to go. Um, the Sevens competition last week in Scotland, New Zealand got up and, uh, and won that competition. Now they move to London this weekend for the IRB Sevens. So Australia actually beat Scotland 27-12 uh, yesterday and also they upset the Springboks 19-17. Now, There's only 10 Jenkins. seconds left. Also the UK Premiership, Leicester <laughs> beat Saracens. So Leicester will play Harlequins in the final. Matty Giddo's side, Toulon had a good win in France. And also, more importantly, the Rugby World Cup 2015 qualifiers big upset United Arab Emirates 46 what? What? upset Kazakhstan 31 oh that would have been 46 31 oh defense was the winner so. <laughs> around the world around the world in 31 and a half seconds uh, bang there it is Warren, beautiful work that was sensational once again uh, another installment next week uh, that is sadly where we have to leave you for today Marto thanks so much for dropping in for Burke I think you uh, we'd love to have you next week if that is possible get Always out a and enjoy your rugby and uh, we'll catch up again next week happy Mother's Day to all your mums see hey. you guys tune in this afternoon 4 o'clock Fox Sports and hopefully we'll have a chat to Quade Cooper before the Reds versus the Chiefs Game. Beautiful. See you, boys.